In the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Who's deceiving who? Deception is everywhere in human relationships. The tendency to seek to control a situation by deception of another party is so common that I wonder if actually we know we're doing it anymore. The ability to deceive is a human trait. Let's not kid ourselves, we've all done it. We all do it. From biggies to the little deceits. Human relationships, you might say, is the playground of deceit whereby an individual or a group, a religion or a business, an organisation or a political party use deceit to deceive a mass of people. Now, deceit is many things. It's a feeling, but it's a tactic. It's a skill, but it's dangerous. It's opportunistic. It's addictive. It's a cancer that spreads and grows. Deception is one of the main themes of this story of Samson and Delilah when you actually look at it. But before we come to their story, have you noticed that the good dramas that we watch in television or that we read in a novel or that we watch in, in a play very often these dramas are built around deceit. We, the reader or the viewer, know that there's deceit going on. We, we can see it. That's the whole plot line. But the characters in the story don't know that they're being deceived. So that the drama is built up episode after episode. We know what's happening, but they don't. And we wonder, when are their eyes going to be opened? When will they know? the truth of this situation, that so-and-so isn't the baddie, that he's not telling lies, that he is a goodie, that it's this person that's been the baddie. I think the fact that so often drama is built around deceit is a sign that not only is it it good to watch and good fun and, and, and grabs the attention, but a sign that actually deceit is everywhere, every place. And that's why it's gripping, because we know it. Like an audience with one hand over our eyes, we know the story of Samson and Delilah. We know how the story is going to end up. But nonetheless, we're sucked in straight away. Samson is going to be deceived by Delilah. Yet Samson knows that Delilah is trying to trick him. So he deceives her by trying to trick her, trying to kid on, he doesn't know. Three times she tries to deceive him and he deceives her in return. Kidding on, he doesn't know what she's up to, but he does. But why, why, oh why does he fall for her plot the final time after three times managing to divert the situation, finally 
her trickery pays off. This relationship of love between Samson and Delilah is not an honest, loving, truthful, faithful relationship, is it? So much for the romanticism of that story of Samson and Delilah. So much in love. But look at the trickery. Look at the deceit. They're not honest with each other. Truth is lacking. Deception, like a virus, once established, takes hold and consumes the relationship so much that integrity is absolutely smothered. Now, you know that I'm not a marriage counsellor. I'm not a relationship advisor. I'm not an expert in negotiation or conflict resolution. I'm a minister and I have a text before me and I guess my role is under God's guidance to take the themes of such a text, to lay them bare honestly and to help us consider the appropriate life message application of the text. Today a lesson is present in this story about the importance of not letting deception take a foothold in our relationships. And this is true in relationships between human beings. It's also true, I think, in that situation where sometimes we create a scenario in our own head which results in a self-deception. And I also think it's true when it comes to that relationship that we, humanity, have with God. Surely in Samson and Delilah we see the folly of their deceit. Look at the outcome. In their deception of each other, the story unravels. Even after his strength has left him, even after he was arrested by the Philistines, he has one last deceit in him. He feigns tiredness. Oh, I can't stand up. Let me lean on these pillars, one on my left and one on my right, to hold myself up. But no, his plan is to lift the roof off the temple. And in a dying act of suicide, take as many lives with him as he possibly can. It's a horrific outcome. Make no bones about it. We could, as I read this, as I thought about this, I realised Samson is no different from possibly the attitude of a suicide bomber here. How is it the text puts it? It says, Thus he killed many more when he died than he killed when he lived. Okay, that's extreme. But listen, this is an example of what deceit can lead to. It can lead to the roof coming in on us and each other, on our relationships, irredeemably broken, integrity lost for good, extreme hurt 
and heartbreaking catastrophe the result. In the cases of self-deception, we become so broken that we begin to believe in false truth, justification of our actions. We become so ingrained that all sight of truth is lost. Compassion for others is lessened. Voices speak out to us out of the mess and we are made to do further wrongs as the wrong in life grows and grows and grows. What about the times we try and deceive God? I think Adam and Eve, the story of maybe our whole humanity, reminds us that we are capable of trying to deceive God. But thank goodness that in our relationship with God, it's only one way. God doesn't deceive back. He is honest and true. He's unconditional in love towards us, even as he knows how much humanity is trying to deceive him. He doesn't reject us. Whether deceiving others, either consciously or unconsciously, whether deceiving self or deceiving God, today I think we recognize the folly of deceit, the inherent danger in that human trait, the damage it causes to human relationships, relationship with ourself and relationship with God. Deceit according to our text today, gets us nowhere. Perhaps the greatest of deceit in novel or human drama is the story of Romeo and Juliet. A spoiler alert, I'm going to give the game away here if you've not read that story. Juliet fakes her death to avoid marrying Paris. However, this one doesn't have a happy ending. Romeo kills Paris when he encounters Paris when he came to mourn the death of Juliet who he believed was dead. And then distraught, he kills himself. Finally, Juliet awakens from that heavy sleep, only to find her beloved Romeo now dead. And she stabs herself dead with his dagger. Shakespeare's epic tragedy, a lesson in the folly of many things, no doubt, but at its conclusion, perhaps, above all, a lesson about the dangers of deceit. The psalmist says, no one who practices deceit shall remain in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue to be in my presence. In the New Testament, we are warned to put away all malice and all deceit 
and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And we're reminded that what set Jesus apart was he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. I think we all go today from here to resume our living, but not to pick up where we left off. Not to pick up where we left off if there are areas in our life and relationships where deceit has been spawned, where deceit is taking hold. Not to go and seek to control relationships with that tool of being able to deceive other people. Not to go and pull the will over the eyes of others and take and get what we can from them. And we go today also to be watchful about self-deception, taking a grip over our mind, our behaviour and our actions, not allowing ourselves to succumb to the temptation of seeing ourselves through a false lens, but willing to be honest with who we are and whose we are and what we're meant to be and what we're meant to do. Surely we go as the followers of God to recognise the value of staying true to God in our relationship with him as he is true to us in his relationship with us. Let there be no element of deceit in that relationship that we have with God, but let it be as pure and transparent and as open as is God's love for us. And bear no mistake, if that's the relationship that we want to have with God, we can only have it if there is no deceit between us and other human beings, if there is no self-deception either. For a true relationship with God that fulfills its potential only comes when there is no deceit whatsoever in our living.